Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 28th day of June 2023. It is Wednesday, halfway to the weekend, and I don't know how it is in corporate America when the holiday is in the middle of the... You know, this is one of those things where you go, well, I should just take Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday off, or I should take Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off. You can get five days off in a row either way you go with the only expending two vacation days but then is it a staycation because you don't feel like paying through the nose is it too late to like go anywhere or whatever so i don't know if i were uh, looking to take time off i would suggest that you take monday tuesday and wednesday off rather than thursday friday and saturday why because friday is going to be like uh, everybody checked out at lunch day except for all the people who didn't bother to check in. It's going to be a lot of people off on Friday. So it's not even really like a work day. You kind of get a bonus day as a half day off or whatever. That's just my way of looking at it. Anyway, I appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend. All that goes, especially where you're in Washington, D.C. or New York, where people just don't keep normal hours and they're bad people. <laughs> just saying. All right, we've got a lot to get to. Let me remind you of the Curse Program, patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Bonus material, support the show, if you please, si vous play, much appreciated. Keeps it going, really does. All you freeloaders out there, thank somebody who is a supporter of the show. The contest, it's already, I'm just going to kick it to next week. Ray Lewis and Brad Thor autographs. <clears throat> All right, want to get into this stuff because there's a lot of stuff to get into. Where to start? I know it's tempting to start with the audio that was leaked, quote-unquote leaked to CNN of Trump talking about the documents. We'll get to that eventually. I want to I play you a different media montage of the media talking about the Hunter Biden case. You want to talk about the hive mind. You want to talk about how the... I told you, I wished I was wrong. It's just that I'm cursed with always being right. I wanted to be wrong on the media actually deciding that they're maybe going to do some journalism. They're maybe going to look into the uh, Biden family corruption and, and at least try to disprove it. Something. After you know a White House press briefing on Friday... When the, the Corinne Jean Pierre just looked like an obstinate ass. There's no other real accurate way to put it. And I thought, ooh, she runs risk of ticking off the people who she is uh, basically, they're on her team. She's risking ticking off super fans. But I tempered it with my knowledge of history, and I warned you about it, I told you all about it that if they don't come back on Monday and they aren't doing the same damn thing, really trying to get to the bottom of the demanding answers, asking questions repeatedly, then forget it. They're not interested. And they weren't. They didn't do it. They weren't interested. They moved on quickly. It's just one of those things. 
Now, it might come back. There could be more information. I think there's something supposed to come out this Friday because, you know, bad news on a Friday before a holiday week. That's when you put it out there. That's the Democrat playbook. It's the political the, the political playbook, actually. So whatever. We'll see. But will it pique any curiosity? Will it bring about any interest from the so-called journalists out there? I doubt it. I honestly doubt it. They've moved on. They've checked the box. And that's what's sad. And just to illustrate, because there are some people, I, was, I forget who I was watching or listening to or whatever the other day. Somebody was like really shocked. Oh, I thought we turned a corner. I thought we were going to get, a, we might meet. No, why would you think that? These people are corrupt. Expect the worst. And then anything else that happens short of that is a semi-pleasant surprise. But these people are not at all interested in being decent human beings. They're not interested in being journalists. As evidenced by this montage put together by Grabian Media, of these leftists talking about Hunter Biden, you remember, if you were old enough, in 2000, there was a guy running for president named George Walker Bush. (sighs) Refreshing water. They called him W. He was a Republican. He was from Texas, and he was billed as a moron. Why? Because he was a Republican, and he was from Texas, and they needed to they needed to prop up Joe, uh, the Democrats' nominee, the Democrat eventual nominee. They knew it was going to be Al Gore, Bill Clinton's running mate. They needed to prop him up because he was a genuine moron. Oh, George W. Bush is a legacy. Well, Al Gore's dad was uh, a United States senator. That's different. That's different. Al Gore's dad uh, opposed the civil rights bill. He actually filibustered the civil rights bill. Uh, that's different. It wasn't him. Everybody else is responsible for any tweet their great uncle might have sent when they were a zygote. But for some reason, Democrats aren't responsible for anything. But they needed to prop up Al Gore. And the easiest way to prop up somebody like Al Gore is not to prop him up. You can't. It's like trying to pick up a, a blimp, a, a ball full of jelly or something, and you're just pushing up and it's just gooing around you. It's not going up. So the easiest way to make him look better is sort of the way that uh, the White House loves when Joe Biden is around John Fetterman. Right? You can't make Joe Biden actually look any better through anything he does, but you can make him look better by comparison. And so they put him on stage with John Fetterman. He's like, who are you and why am I here? Oh, all right. Well, now Joe Biden is the most articulate person in the room. And the other person in the room is John Fetterman. Well, they did the same thing with Al Gore. They said, we can't make, we can't make Al Gore better. What we can do is just repeat, repeat, repeat that George W. Bush is an idiot, and therefore it'll become part of the narrative. He's dumb, he's a moron, he's this, he's that. And then came time to pick vice presidential nominees. Now, what's funny is Al Gore actually did, he picked Joe Lieberman. Joe Lieberman was fine, I guess. I almost thought, I almost misremembered that he picked John Edwards, but that was John Kerry. Like, yeah the Democrats and the real great judges of character. 
But George W. Bush picked Dick Cheney. Now, putting aside his daughter, Dick Cheney was immediately after he was announced as the vice presidential choice, was propped up as bringing gravitas to the ticket. It's gravitas. Now, having been alive at that time, I can tell you, and paying attention to the news at the time, I can tell you that I do not, I sincerely do not believe I had ever heard the word gravitas before that day. Whatever day that was, Dick Cheney was chosen as George W. Bush's running mate. I am not sure I had ever heard the word gravitas before then. But curiously, everybody in media used the word gravitas repeatedly after that day, after the announcement. is gravi- bringing much-needed gravitas. Gravitas, gravitas, gravitas. Gra- there was some, I think Rush Limbaugh put together a... Uh, It's like a five-minute montage of the leftist media talking about the gravitas, the Dick Cheney. And, of course, this was done to prop up Al Gore. And you go, how is talking about the vice president of the Republican, how does that prop up Al Gore? Well, see, the implication, and many of them simply straight out said it, the implication was that George W. Bush was so just dumb, just dumb, that he needed to put somebody on the ticket with him with some brains, right? So they couldn't say George Bush is a moron because they pretended to be journalists then. But they could say that Dick Cheney brings some much-needed gravitas. And you go, why is it much-needed? The implication there, again, your brain goes to it, is that the guy at the top of the ticket is a complete effing moron. See how that works? They repeat something, and it was everywhere. There wasn't a single media outlet or talking head on cable television from the left who wasn't talking about gravitas, 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 and I promise you that in the previous five years, none of them had uttered the word. The memo had gone out. The hive mind doesn't really need orders. doesn't need to be told what to do. It just knows, oh, everybody's doing this. I shall follow. But it happened. The same thing is true here with Hunter Biden. You look at the Hunter Biden case. He's got a serious gun felony that has been basically plead down to a jaywalking ticket with a pinky swear that he doesn't do it again. And if he doesn't do it again for a little while, then it'll be like serve pro came through and wiped it out like it never even happened. Wiped clean from his record. How many young black men in your area would love a sweetheart deal like that. They don't get them. They're not sons of the president. And then two charges of not filing tax. This isn't, oh, he fudged his books. He didn't file his taxes. This isn't something about, you know what, it slipped my mind. Uh, The April 15th deadline just totally slipped my mind. No, this was you didn't do it. And you had millions of dollars in income overseas that you didn't declare, that you hid, that you tried to skirt responsibility for. And that is portrayed as what? That is portrayed as, well, these are two misdemeanor charges. Misdemeanor charges? And here I am paying my taxes like a sucker, and he gets misdemeanor charges? My God. So with that in mind, I want you to listen to this montage. It evolves throughout the course of this montage. From It was no sweetheart deal, and literally everybody on MSNBC and CNN, this isn't a sweetheart deal. 
That what I just described to you is somehow not a, a mis, two misdemeanors is really all it's going to be. Two misdemeanors, just this side of civil infractions, are all that are going to be on Hunter Biden's record for years of skirting the system. And then it evolves at the end and it gets even funnier. Listen to this. We keep hearing things from Republicans like sweetheart deal. Give us a reality check. This is not some sweetheart deal. Well, I don't think it was a sweetheart deal. There's no indication that he's getting a special or a sweetheart deal. So is this a sweetheart deal? No, it's not. So it does not appear that this is a sweetheart deal. The idea of throwing around these terms about slap on the wrist and, and, and uh, probation by a uh, traffic ticket, it's just not accurate. They focus mm-hmm. on this and say, oh, my God, two-tier standard of justice. He got a sweetheart deal. And you're like, guys. I mean, you're just, you just sound like morons. Make sure that the American people understand that he's not being treated better or worse. I've seen no reason to think he had any reason to tilt the field in favor of Hunter Biden. That there was no home state favoritism here in Delaware. Bending over backwards to not show any favor, even any appearance of favor to the president's son. You know what we've seen? A lot of pictures that show you what addiction does to somebody. And a lot of noise to distract from Trump. Everything that has come out of what we've seen with the Republican attacks on the Biden crime family, it's all projection. And the attic thing, it matters to me. It matters to me in the Hunter Biden analysis. Okay, it does. Uh, This guy is not acting just as some wily, crafty guy who's trying to get away with things. America can identify with kids who are addicted, who make bad mistakes. Hunter Biden made some very poor decisions uh, in in recent years, but he has not been charged criminally. There's been nothing has been found to be illegal with those poor decisions. They can't name one crime that was committed. He committed no crime with the gun. If this wasn't Hunter Biden, it is likely he wouldn't have been prosecuted at all. Feds wouldn't have brought this charge against somebody whose last name was not Biden. If his last name was not Biden, I don't even think he would have been charged. His name was Hunter Smith. He probably would not have been charged. If his last name wasn't Biden, if he wasn't famous, I don't know that he would have been prosecuted at all. If Hunter Biden's last name was Bidino, I don't know that he gets charges at all. Uh, I think it's actually harsher than the treatment that a typical person would receive. Based on what we have seen here, it seems like a more harsh disposition than most people will get. So I actually think, you know, Biden's kind of getting the short end of the stick on this because it's such a high profile case. He was probably more severely looked at. You know, he he was treated differently, but he was treated differently uh, to his detriment. If anything, Hunter Biden has been charged a little bit more heavily than you would expect. Right, right. So I guess what you're saying is it's possible that if there's a double standard, it's actually a standard against against him. If anything, they may have been leaning uh, pretty far forward. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. The story of a father's love. Why the Hallmark Channel is in production right now with a dramatization of the, the story. I mean, they're going to cut out all the crack smoking, the whoring, and the uh, selling of influence and everything like that and really boil it down to its essence. It's just a father's love. you believe this garbage? Over the course of that montage, it went from, this isn't a sweetheart deal, to actually the guy walking with no real punishment at all, he's getting it worse because of his... Feel pity for him. Feel sorry for him. They're one step away over at MSNBC from setting up a GoFundMe page 
to pay Hunter Biden's fines. If there were, you know, what's weird is I was trying to think about this. I don't know that I'd heard anything about fines for Hunter Biden. I mean, maybe there were penalties or whatever, but it just, it seems like if you owe several hundred thousand to millions of dollars in back taxes and you didn't file, it's not like, oopsie, honest mistake, you didn't file your taxes, that there should be some serious financial penalties involved in that too. But there, I don't know, maybe there are. It just doesn't seem like it. So yeah, that is the media and the hive mind in action. Another example of the media and the hive mind in action, it's really interesting what's going on with Ron DeSantis right now. Now, Trump and the media, everybody knows, you watch the media and they're like, Trump is Hitler, Trump is new Hitler, Trump is new Hitler. But the media is either, it depends on who you ask. If you ask some people, they say the media desperately wants Donald Trump, they need him. He was the key to their ratings. He scares leftists. They've already conditioned everybody in a Pavlovian way to be scared to death of Donald Trump. And so if you get rid of him, if you get him back in there, a lot of those panic viewers will come back. You'll get that panic porn and everything. There's that. And then there is the idea that they genuinely are afraid of him and want to defeat him in the primary. And so they're setting up for DeSantis for the general election just in case. Now, you can decide for yourself which one of those is true. They're attacking DeSantis because they want to help Trump, or they're attacking DeSantis because they think he's going to ultimately beat Trump and they want to be on their toes and already down the road and comes to that. But I just want to play you this clip because it is... If you've paid attention to any election probably your whole lifetime, but certainly since 2000. It is, the Republican is a monster. The Republican is Hitler. They're also stupid, but some of them they couldn't say they were stupid, but they're all worse than Hitler. They're all the new Hitler, whatever it is. If you remember, uh, during the Obama administration, there was a big controversy about a picture at a mall, at a rally on a mall or a protest on the mall of Obama with a Hitler mustache. The leftist media went absolutely nuts. And it was, of course, I think it was a Tea Party event. And there was a, somebody had this picture like, oh, look at this. They're looking at this picture. This is how Republicans, Republicans are so repulsive and repugnant. How dare they? Our beloved first black president put a Hitler mustache on him. This has got to be some kind of racism. Well, that picture was um, touted around Washington, D.C. forever and probably still is by people who are acolytes of Lyndon LaRouche. Lyndon LaRouche is a permanent Democratic candidate for president. He's dead now, but he ran. he, He somehow monetized running for president so he could avoid having to work for a living. He was an absolute left-wing lunatic conspiracy theorist nutball. But he was a man of the progressive left, a man of the radical progressive left. Now he'd be right at home in the Democrat Party. But it's very interesting that they saw that and they said, oh, look at this. This is those damn Tea Partiers, those Republicans calling Barack Obama Hitler. What's funny is that picture with the Hitler mustache, the same size poster, just the face of the president, 
was used by the LaRouches throughout the Bush administration. Never, it was shown, it showed up at every anti-war rally. The anti-war movement went away the second, um, the second Barack Obama was sworn into office. Weirdly, they just stopped being anti. Wars didn't stop. They just stopped caring about it. But they cared very deeply about the Bush or the uh, Obama-Hitler thing. They didn't care about the Bush-Hitler thing. And ever since then, every Republican has been Hitler. John McCain's worse than Hitler. He's a fascist. He's a weirdo. Mitt Romney was worse than Hitler who put a dog on the roof of his car. Donald Trump is the personification of Hitler. And now Ron DeSantis is worse than Hitler. Now, why are, you can decide for yourself, like I said, why it is that they would be trying to sell Ron DeSantis as worse than Hitler. It's either because they want to destroy him so they can get Trump or they want to be ahead of the curve when he beats Trump. It's up to you. But here is Joy Reid and Stuart Stevens, who was uh, with the Lincoln Project. uh, uh, I think they do political activism and child sexual predator grooming. I'm not really... I know I'm sure about the second one. They were famous for that. Not so sure about the first one. But it tells you something that these people have one speed. Now, Stuart Stevens is supposedly some kind of conservative, or was, I don't know. But, you know, you become addicted to the attention, and, you know, I assume at a certain point, whores like the work, or at least the money. And so that's where he is now. I never heard of the guy before he was involved in the Lincoln Project. But he... uh, He's out there with the DeSantis is really worse. Like you like one up. They tell you all the time that cable news is just a series of one upsmanship. That's what this is. It's Joy Reid saying DeSantis is a fascist. And Stuart Stevens going, you don't know the half of it. It's because, you know, Chris Christie got booed for telling the truth about Trump. So and he's at five percent. He's, you know, he's somewhere. He's not nowhere. He's ahead of Nikki Haley and some of the others. But what does it say about the Republican Party that the next guy down is Ron DeSantis, who, who is running the most openly fascist campaign I think I've ever seen? And I'm saying that having covered Donald Trump running for president, that's the next guy down. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you're inside DeSantis' war room, you've got to think of a way to get yourself indicted to get up ahead of Donald Trump. Um, you, you know, this just goes to my point that this is what the party wants to be. And. It's a hard thing for a lot of us who worked in the party to accept that we helped create this model, but we did. And and this this is very purposeful by the party. It's not something they stumbled into. Their second choice is a guy who is worse than Trump. So it's a threat to what it means really to be an American, and I think we have to realize that and address it accordingly. Man, I got a second choice is a guy who's worse than Trump. Everybody is worse than everybody else. These are monsters. History's greatest. What shall we do? Never, ever expect a fair shake. It has nothing to do. I don't care who your favorite candidate is. They're all the same. This is the tactic of the left. You know why that's the tactic of the left? Because the other tactics involve making a case, right? They involve making a case for somebody, for a policy, for whatever. And instead, they don't have to. It's just, he's he's Hitler. This one's worse than Hitler. The other one is worse than worse than Hitler. Go back and look. The year doesn't matter. They're all, this is their tactic on everything. This is really their tactic on everything.
That being said, there are some candidates out there who are uh, getting more footing underneath them than uh, others. I want to uh, play you this clip. I don't know why. This guy is not even a blip on the radar. Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, running for the Republican nomination for reasons unknown. By all accounts, he's a perfectly personable man. But you have to wonder, if you're running... Look, I get it. If you're, um, if you're, pay, if you're a roofer, if you're a truck driver, if you're, uh, I don't know, just working in an office, anything that doesn't involve following the news every day, you might not know what the Uyghur Muslim, who the Uyghur Muslims are. Right? You don't, you don't need to. It doesn't impact your life. They are the group that is being wiped out systemically by China. That's all. That's what they are. That's who they are. They're being, you know, the U.S. is saying there's a genocide. There's a genocide in China. It has to do with the weaker Muslims. So if you're running for mayor, dog catcher, or you're just running on a treadmill, you have no reason to know that. It doesn't impact your life. But if you are running for president of the United States, you should know that. Because what's going on in China in all aspects is a very important part of the job you are actively seeking. Francis Suarez went on the Hugh Hewitt show for his first sort of big interview. I think there might have been a couple other ones. But Hugh Hewitt always tests the knowledge of his guests, especially first-time guests. He doesn't do it in kind of a douchey way, like pop quiz, we're going to play Trivial Pursuit, we're going to do anything like that. But he, he brings up things, broad picture things, broad scope things that you should know if you're running for president. And Suarez had no idea what a Uyghur was. To make it worse, he calls them, well, listen to what he calls them. You gave me homework, uh, Hugh. I'll, I'll look at what I was. Would you call it a Weeble? The Uyghurs. You really need to know about the Uyghurs, Mayor. You got to talk about it every day. Okay. I will. I will talk about. I will. I will search Uyghurs. I'm. I'm a good learner. I'm a fast learner. I'm a good learner. I'm a fast learner. Then why you don't? You don't call them Weebles. Genocide is being committed against them, and uh, calling them Weebles is just asinine. If you're running for president. And then you chuckle. What do you call them? Weebles? <laughs> I'll look them up. Don't worry. I'll Google them. I care deeply about it. Oh, no, I'll find out and I'll be like, holy cow, This can you believe this is happening? It's just wildly stupid. It's wildly, it's beyond wildly stupid. So I don't, I don't know if this guy is going to be able to pull up from this. He doesn't seem ready for prime time. You remember, what was it, 2000? So 2012, when Rick Perry got in the race really late, got in the debate, and there are three things I want to do. There's a one and a two and a... I can't remember the third one. Remember that? This is more damaging than that because everybody kind of has a brain fart. Suarez is basically saying, I never heard of him. Like, well, what? Yeah, granted, you're the mayor of Miami, but... You're running for president of the United States. You do you, theoretically, you should be paying attention to the news. If you pay attention to the news, even casually, you should be aware of this. Should you not? Should you not? Apparently not. 
So we'll see if if he weathers this storm or not. I don't suspect you got to be at like 1% in the polls and have 40,000 donors from a certain number of states in order to get into the first debates in August. We'll see if Suarez makes it that far. I just I just don't know. Uh, speaking of making it far, I want to play you a clip. It's a few months old. Just to uh, a stroll down memory lane. This is Bud Light Vice President of Marketing, Alyssa Heinenscheid, I think is how you pronounce it. It doesn't matter. She's looking for work now. But this was her right when she first got the job, not that long ago, and right before she decided to pay Dylan Mulvaney a ton of money and hitch Bud Light to that vapid douche. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like mm-hmm. we need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what, is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm-hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach yeah ew bud light was like a successful brand for people that we don't like dudes who dig chicks we got no time for that it's kind of funny because after she this clip came out a couple months ago the uh people went on her facebook page and they found a whole bunch of pictures of her from college getting hammered on bud light with a bunch of frat dudes like hmm bad experience ex-boyfriend dump you what's going on there bad memories but she was not I don't know why you'd put somebody in charge of your brand messaging who doesn't like your your customer base. Imagine the job interview. What we're really looking for is somebody to come in and you know all this see all this we built? Yeah. We want you to take a giant dump on it. Can you do that? Can you can you bring yourself to metaphorically of course, walk up to the average Bud Light customer, people who've literally put food on our tables for generations. And just kick them right in the groin. Can you do that? Will you do that? Are you willing to do that? You are? Then you're the right person for the job. That will be wonderful. I just, I don't get it. Well, we don't have to get it now. She's gone. She has been invited to leave. Red State reports. The boycott of Bud Light has continued apace for many Americans following the American following the company's disastrous decision to showcase transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney as brand ambassador. What started with custom made cans and a few short videos has culminated in huge losses for Anheuser Busch, and there's no sign those customers are coming back in the fold anytime soon. Perhaps that's behind the latest move. According to a report from the Daily Caller, Bud Light has finally fired the two executives behind the Mulvaney stunt. This comes after they were initially put on leave at the outset of the public blow-up. Quote, the two top, executive, two top Anheuser-Busch marketing executives 
were placed on leave amid the company's shakeup, no longer work for the brand. A source inside Anheuser-Busch confirmed in text obtained by the Daily Caller on Tuesday. Group Vice President for Marketing Daniel Blake and Bud Light Marketing Vice President Alyssa Heinenschneid are, quote, gone, gone, end quote, according to obtained text messages with a current regional head of marketing. The caller is granting anonymity to the source to discuss legally fraught internal company policy. They're gone. What this all could have been avoided if they hadn't been stupid in the first place. It also all could have been avoided had Bud Light, had Anheuser-Busch just come out and said, wow, we really screwed that up. Sorry about that. That's it. You don't have to say, and Dylan Mulvaney's a weirdo and we don't want anything to do with him. It's just like, whoa, this was off-brand. This was unfortunate. This was an unforced error. We're sorry about that. We won't do it again. But instead, they didn't. Instead, they in- kept on insisting that, that, well, we misread the room. Sorry. They wouldn't say sorry. They just said, yeah, screw it. And so it grew and grew and grew. And now it's this. And people are out of work. I don't revel in people being out of work. But you just leave the woke at home. Now, I wish that this were happening everywhere. Woke rears its ugly head, but it hasn't. Target is still doing what Target does. Target isn't going to change. And I bet you a whole lot of people who are like, boycott Target, boycott Target, are like, you know, I do need, I just need some shampoo. I'm going to run right into Target really quickly. Something like that. It is worn thin. But Bud Light, that one stuck. We'll see if the Target thing sticks. It's not too late. But the Bud Light one stuck. And that's interesting. It's getting results. I still don't know that you can save the brand. They put out a new video thing about Bud Light in America and blah, blah, blah. Trying to suck up to the people that they insulted. But the the people they insulted don't want to be sucked up to either. They just kind of want to be treated like normal people because they, they are the normal people. But instead, they're treating the Dylan Mulvaney's as the normal people. And everybody who's normal and goes, this isn't, no, that's not what a woman is. I'm sorry. I don't care what you do, but that's not the way it is. You can pretend you are whatever you want to pretend you are, but I, you're not going to force me to play along. Those people just want to be left the hell alone. Unfortunately, these corporations are not going to leave you alone. So we'll see if they learn anything from this. We'll see if it goes back. And let's face it, there's a whole bunch of watered-down crap beer out there. You don't need Bud Light, necessarily. Um, I want to play you this, because this cracks me up. This is in DeKalb County, Georgia. This is from police body cam footage, and with a little narration at the beginning of it. There was a black homeless man wielding a knife and threatening to kill some people, white people. The police were called because in a situation like that, you should, it doesn't matter what color the skin of the person is or what they do, or if they're brandishing a weapon and threatening to kill you, you kind of got to take them seriously. So the police are called. The police show up. The guy is apparently not too concerned about telling the police he's going to kill them. He ends up getting arrested for brandishing a weapon and making terroristic threats. And at the end of this video, you're going to hear the white guy who called the police. 
and you're going to hear liberalism. You literally, this guy doesn't need to tuck it back. His testicles went all the way back up. They tried to escape through his ears. They're just way up there. They're like, I don't want to be associated with this guy. This guy is wildly upset to the point of crying because he doesn't want the man who was brandishing a knife and threatening to kill him to be arrested lest the guy who was brandishing a knife and threatening to kill him, I think because of the color of his skin, think that he called the police on him to have him arrested because he was black and homeless. Like, honestly, this is, this is the dumbest damn thing I've ever heard, but hilarious at the same time. Listen closely. He was arrested and charged with simple assault and terroristic threats. Following his arrest, he was transported to the DeKalb County Jail. Dude, I, I think you really need to take yourself out back and kick your own ass. It's the only solution to this. I promise you, judging by the whiny pitch of your voice, it won't be that difficult to do. You probably just have to slap yourself. We're just being honest. But can you, have you ever heard anything so whiny and so damn stupid? The guy's threatened to kill him. I'm going to kill you. It's okay, he can do that because it's just not nice to arrest people who are different skin color. We have too many people in prison. Yeah, uh, people who are threatening to kill other people should be in prison, right? They got a weapon, and they're threatening to kill other people. They probably should be in prison. That's kind of what prisons exist for, is it not? At least a big part of it. Sorry, we can bring him back. We'll let him out of the car, and we'll let him stab you. And then we'll arrest him? Will that make you feel bad? I'm not really sure what to do here. This is your brain on liberalism. This is, your, this is what uh, progressive politics does to your brain. I just, I, I couldn't believe, I, I can believe it, but I couldn't believe it. Or at least I didn't want to believe it. But this is where we are with the left. 
And then whiny little, oh, no, no, I'm so upset. Well, you can go up to the police car he's in the back of and lick the glass and apologize for him. You can maybe uh, donate to his bail fund or something, if that makes you. Go ahead and just go give him your wallet, sir. Okay? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Lastly, I'm going to get to what I said firstly. That uh, I was going to save till the end. Because my assessment will probably disappoint everybody. But CNN got its hands on the... We had the transcript already of Trump talking about alleged classified documents in a room full of supporters. Who knows if this was really classified documents or if you really had them in there. We don't know. It's audio. I hear some people going, we don't know what this is and therefore we can't... I, I don't know. He's... It's stupid, no matter what. You could just say it's stupid. Right? It's just stupid. Whether or not it's illegal, whether or not he actually had classified documents, whether or not anybody saw it, 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 that's up to the courts to decide. But what you hear in this is stupid. Where he's talking about how this is, basically, this is classified, this is confidential. I could have declassified it as president, but I'm not president. Now I can't do it. Now I'm like, well, why the hell are you talking about it then? Why? I get it. You want to attack Millie, okay? Go ahead and attack Millie. But you don't have to pretend that you brought visual aids or props. Anyway, listen to it for yourself. These are bad, sick people. That, but, was, that was your coup, you know, against you. That's well, it they, started right at the Like beginning. when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a coup. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying Millie, to overthrow yeah. your election. Well, with Millie... Uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. Pages long. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Yeah. I just found. Isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Except it is like highly confidential, secret. This is secret information. Look, look at this. You attack, and Hillary would print that out all the time. She'd send, it, no, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner, yeah, yeah. the pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it, and you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? He's in the papers. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to. Declassified. Figure out a, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified. Yeah. It. Now I can't, you know. But this is. Yeah. Classified. Now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so. I'm look. We here and I have. And you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, it's, I believe. It's incredible, it. right? No. They, hey, bring they some. Uh, bring some cokes in, please. I don't. I don't get it. Why you have to do that? You don't have to mention the documents. You don't have to pretend to have the documents or actually have the documents. You can just talk about it. But that's one of the charges, one of the serious charges against him. It's wildly stupid. I don't think he was showing it. I don't 
doubt anybody in the room is a national security threat, etc., etc. But it's just wildly freaking stupid to do this. It's dumb. Most of the wounds Republicans suffer are self-inflicted wounds. Either because they say stupid things or they decide to try and I'll get a fair shake from the media or whatever it is. They just do these self-inflicted wounds, these stupid things. They really should stop it. They really, really should. But they don't. They don't. For whatever reason, I don't know why, they don't do it. And so you end up putting yourself in awkward, uncomfortable, unflattering, or legally perilous positions. Whether he wins or not, this is not a good look. And I know there are a lot of people out there for whom Donald Trump can do no wrong. I'm I'm not of that. There is nobody who can do no wrong. Sorry. Except for Jesus, there's nobody out there who is perfect at all. And so you've got to continually prove yourself. And I want to win. I don't really care who it is. I want to win. So I'll win with whoever can win. Whatever it is. But a good way to start winning is to stop doing things that would cause a loss. Anyway, I think that's about enough for today. I've ticked everybody off there at the end, but at least you made it to the end. Appreciate you listening. Don't forget patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Check it out. Please support the program. I'll be back here tomorrow to talk about whatever else happens between then and now because the stupid never stops. Have a great one.